he came here to do three things. Drink beer, talk sports, and drink some more beer. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show. Where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And then tell them that we're doing a good radio show. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom beyond the glass. We've also got intern Jerome. And I'd like to put in a kind word for young Jerome as, man, during the break... We were playing with a beach ball. Well, it's our game. We try, I mean, quick explanations. Yeah. We try to keep a beach ball in the air in the studio. So we're hitting it back and forth, and if it hits the ground, well, then we rag on the person that let it hit the ground. He's learning. He's getting good. No, he's not. He did. He was working. Like He worked harder. Like, during that, like he was, there was movement. He was going for balls that he probably couldn't get, but he got to some ones that I didn't think he would get to. That was, some, that was a good effort by him. It's a blood and guts kind of effort from him right there. Yeah, he made a few big league plays in there. Um, one was inches from the ground. Jerome saved it. Tom Kuhnhock will kind of player, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. going to ever get the accolades, but he'll block a shot. He'll make it happen, and we're happy to have him. Yes. Tom, how's he working on that side of the glass with you? Is he doing all right? He's getting too big of a head, to be honest with you guys. You, you guys got to stop gassing him up like How this. so? What's going on here? Uh, he just thinks he's God's gift to keeping the beach ball up in the air. And I got to be honest, he's got some flaws that he still needs to work out. Right, give me like the scouting report. Give me the scouting report in the eyes of Tom. Yeah. I see a lot of complacency a lot. A lot of like riding on his talent instead of riding on his preparation and, and, and the knowledge of the game. It's a lot of, I'm better than you. I don't need to be in position because my skill will just overcome all of my flaws. I, I can see where you're coming from on that. I, uh, he's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there's a, still a long way to go. Well, I mean, and just I got to ask this. I mean, you're not butthurt because we're playing ball with Jerome. Usually you're our third man in that game and you see Jerome through the glass playing with us. I mean, is this coming off a little bit of jealousy? Maybe? No, 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 not at all. I mean, I, I'm just saying I I, mm. I think my setups are a lot mm. better than his. I, I, I tend to, to mm. give it to you right in your wheelhouse. He, he has you guys scrambling a little bit. But no, it's not jealousy at all. I are mean, you teaching him? No. Are okay. you teaching him the, the hand positions that we use? We've got the finger poke. No. With the full hand, we've got the two-finger poke. Um, we've got the open hand. We've got the fist. We've got elbow. All of these... Things you, you're not giving him any. Well, I got to be honest. If I even tried to, he probably wouldn't listen. He's so cocky. I have different names for all of them. Like this one, I use a lot when I'm driving. Uh, this one, I call the pimp slap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what I call the two finger one. G spot. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Jerome's always out of position, and then he's got to use his athleticism to get back into it, kind of like Artie Burns. Ooh. And the Steelers' defense, boy, they got a lot to work on, including Artie. And Mike Tomlin, he's got to coach him up. Mike Tomlin was the defensive coordinator in Minnesota. Mike Tomlin is a Tampa 2 guy. He was working... Closely with Monty Kiffin. Uh, he was even brought into the Steelers facility a couple of years ago. So you'd like to see him get a little bit more out of guys like Burns. You'd like him to see 
Uh, we'd like to see him get a little bit more out of guys like Sean Davis. This is a big year for both of them and in turn for the Steelers' defense. But yesterday on the show, I was a little harsh on Mike Tomlin because we did probably at least a full hour and then a little bit after that just talking about how Mike Tomlin compares to Bill Belichick. And this is all because of what James Harrison had to say. James Harrison said that Bill Belichick's a better coach. Uh, James Harrison said that things are more detail-oriented with Bill Belichick. Uh, James Harrison said that if you're late to meetings, guys like Tom Brady are running scared. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, we all know, we heard the anecdotes that James Harrison was falling asleep in meetings. And I think we can all agree that Mike Tomlin does not run the tightest of ships. Mike Tomlin is very much known as a player's coach. Bill Cowher, the same way, ahead of him. Uh, people looked at him as a hard-ass. No, he was very much a player's coach in the same way that Mike Tomlin is. And there are many, many different ways to win in the National Football League. Uh, Pete Carroll, absolutely a player's coach. Uh, Andy Reid, very good with the X's and O's, but I think people would consider him uh, a player's coach. Hasn't won anything, but he is a very good uh, head guy in the National Football League. So if... I'm comparing Mike Tomlin to his peers. I don't think it's necessarily fair to say he comes short of Bill Belichick. He does, but so does everyone else. I think the best way to evaluate a guy like Mike Tomlin is comparing him to other coaches who aren't the greatest coach of their generation or maybe of all time. So if I look around the National Football League and try to pick out the best coaches, I think you go to Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll uh, has won a championship and lost a championship, and uh, over the last couple of years, has had a plethora of talent that they haven't exceeded with. Uh, the Saints, uh, they won a Super Bowl. Drew Brees did with Sean Payton. And they've had Drew Brees for the entirety of his career, and yet they've only gone to that one championship and won that one championship. Uh, you could say perhaps he's wasted the talent of Drew Brees. I don't fall in line with those kind of things. Ben Roethlisberger's won two championships. If he doesn't win more, well, he hasn't won more. He's won two, and that means he's one of the uh, better quarterbacks of all time in that capacity. Uh, you look across at Green Bay. Uh, some people think that the coach there is very good. Other people would say, well, he has not won enough with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, every coach that you look at around the National Football League, there's always going to be a caveat there. Uh, every coach that you look across the National Football League who's not Bill Belichick, you will say, okay, they've got flaws. They've had their problems. Now, Doug Peterson's everybody's darling right now because, hey, they just won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Look at Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. He's built one of the best rosters in the league. They always have one of the best defenses in the league. I think he is one of the top five probably coaches in the league, but he has never won Jack. So I think if you compare by championships, it's hard. I think if you compare anybody to Bill Belichick, it's not fair. Would you, the listener, my snowflakes at 412-922-2874, rank any coaches head and shoulders above Mike Tom? Because I wouldn't. doesn't mean things can't get stale. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, eventually the things he says are going to fall on deaf ears. But to me, I think Mike Tom is the best guy to run the Steelers right now. Uh, I think he's done a really good job putting together this roster, and I think he deserves credit for that and doesn't get enough credit for that. Kevin Colbert's a great general manager. He doesn't do everything alone. Mike Tomlin has input in the players that do wind up coming to Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown, Mike Tomlin had input on that. Uh, Mike Tomlin has certainly helped the development of a guy like Antonio Brown. He was a six-round pick. Le'Veon Bell was a second-round pick. And he's turned into the best back in all the National Football League. A lot of people say that Mike Tomlin has wasted the talent. Mike Tomlin hasn't won enough with Bell and Brown and Ben, but Mike Tomlin brought the talent here. You hear all the time, New England, well, they're winning with less. Well, they've also got Tom Brady, but 
isn't that a little bit at least of an indictment on Bill Belichick that he hasn't brought in that elite, elite talent? Rob Gronkowski fits that mold. Randy Moss was brought in. He fits that mold. Corey Dillon was brought in. He fits that mold. Uh, Those guys weren't drafted to New England uh, aside from Rob Gronkowski. Uh, So he has supplemented the roster with great players, but there are players on that team where you think, how the hell are they winning with that guy? And it's a feather in his cap, but I don't think it should be something that you denigrate Mike Tomlin with. Uh, I don't think you should downgrade his uh, job and say things like he's brought in a lot of great talent and hasn't won with it. Uh, it's true to an extent, sure, but he does deserve, in my opinion, t- uh, credit for bringing in that talent. Now, Cam Hayward was the 32nd pick in the draft, and he was an all-pro player last year with 12 sacks. Like You don't expect an all-pro player with the 32nd pick. You just don't. Emmanuel Sanders, in the third round, is a player who was a top 10 wide receiver in this league if you go back a couple of years. Mike Wallace was a third-round pick, and he was a very good receiver for the Steelers and has had some productive, although not as productive, years outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, The Steelers, I think, have done a good job drafting, and it's not all about Kevin Colbert. Now, I will say this. Last year was an utter disappointment. Last year should not have gone down the way that it did. If I look back over the last handful of years, last half decade, I don't think that I can say with a clear conscience that the Steelers should have gone to a championship. Except for last year. In 2014, Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. It's not going to happen. The next year, Ben Roethlisberger hurts his shoulder against Cincinnati. Antonio Brown gets knocked out. There's no... Le'Veon Bell, and there's no D'Angelo Williams. Uh, What are you supposed to do with that? You're not going to win a championship. Then you go to New England for an AFC championship game, and if you win, wow, everyone's surprised. You lose, and, well, no one's surprised. But last year, you're 13-3. and You're one of the two clear best teams in the AFC, and you lay an absolute egg at home where you're down 28-7. to That can't happen. That is disappointing. Now, Minnesota... I think this year they would say that they're disappointed with the way that their season ended, and uh, the Saints are disappointed with the way that their season ended. Anybody who lost to Philadelphia with the backup quarterback, Atlanta, they're going to say they were disappointed. But last year, to me, it came to a head with the Pittsburgh Steelers where, okay, now we're starting to get in panic territory. Uh, Mike Tomlin is a great head coach, but regardless of whether I say it or you say it, I don't think he's going to be looked upon in the national media with that kind of light, if they can't win something with Bell and Ben and Brown. And this year is their best chance remaining. This year they've got an opportunity with Bell. Next year they won't. The year after they won't. Ben is only getting older. The offensive line's only getting older. Antonio Brown's only getting older. And the defense is still a question mark. And part of that falls on Mike Tomlin. A lot of that falls on Mike Tomlin, too, that they've brought in players, high-pedigree players, talented players, and they haven't gotten better on that side of the ball. But I'll ride and die with Mike Tomlin. I will. I think he's a really good head coach compared to other head coaches in the National Football League not named Bill Belichick. The biggest problem has been injuries and the fact that, well, Bill Belichick does exist. And that hurts. That make any sense? I'm just thinking about cows and stuff. I'm just thinking about milk. Let me ask this question to the audience. And I posted it at underscore Adam Crowley. Milk? Question mark? Coming up next, we'll touch on all that with Dale Lolly. We also take a look at Steelers training camp, which is 
less now than a week away. It's a Crowley show. Listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion. The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Yesterday, James Harrison said that Mike Tomlin's not as good of a coach as Bill Belichick. <gasps> Shocker! We now bring in Dale Lally to discuss. But before we get to that, Dale, you were in Kennywood yesterday, correct? Did you have fun? Yeah, absolutely. When isn't it a fun experience at Kennywood? I hate Kennywood. You would. I really would, man. What happened to me, man? Like, I kind of suck now. You'd probably like Hillbillywood down in uh, West Virginia. Well, that's not bad. Hillbilly Wood? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. probably open that. Uh, There's plenty of Hillbilly Wood to go around, uh, particularly in the morning time. Dale Lawley joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Dale, to my previous point, uh, is there a coach in the NFL that you'd slam dunk pick over Mike Tomlin other than Bill Belichick? Slam dunk? No. I mean, I I know Steeler fans will cry and scream about it. And all that, you know, yesterday's pronouncement by Harrison, who, by the way, has an axe to grind against Mike Tomlin, sure Mike Tomlin, because he didn't play him, um, was nothing new there. You could say that about any coach in Bill Belichick. Pick one. Pete Carroll, he's not, he's not wrapped, you know, they're, they're not tight enough. Uh, you know, go on down the line of all the, the, the quote unquote good coaches. And you, when you compare them to Belichick, they're going to they're going to come up a little short. That's why he is you know won what he's won. Um, now you could also argue that he has cheated in some cases, uh, and you would be correct about that because they have been penalized a couple of times for cheating. So um, you know it's really as you said, James Harrison broke no new ground there. Uh, there's much to do about nothing. Dale Lawley joining us here on the Crowley Show. Is there anybody who you would take over Mike Tomlin, not slam dunk, but anybody that you might think is a better coach than him at this particular moment? Um, in football? Yeah, not to put you not to put you on the spot or anything. I mean, you know, it's apples and oranges. You're, you're trying to compare different situations. I mean, it's Mike Tomlin's a good football coach. Anybody who argues otherwise is being foolish. Or something else, and I think you and I both know what that is. Yeah. Uh, does he make mistakes? Yes, they all do. Belichick makes mistakes, but to, you know, to suggest that Mike Tomlin is a bad football coach is just being pigheaded. Dale, how much impact does Mike Tomlin have on building the roster? Because for people who say, "Well, the Patriots they win with this kind of talent, and the Steelers have all this kind of talent," well. I think Mike Tomlin has a lot to do with them bringing in guys like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and the like. Well, don't put that on him because then people say, well, they want Le'Veon gone. You know, they can't <laughs> wait till Le'Veon's gone. They're going to find out real quickly that, you know, he's a pretty good player. Boy, is that, um, is that, uh, let's, let's tackle that real quick. Because isn't that silly? That's just everyone putting up their walls defensively, isn't it, Dale? Because I really think Steelers fans next year are in for a reality smack. Uh, I don't think they know how good this guy is. No, they certainly don't, Adam. And I, I, I went back through the years uh, from the time they drafted Franco Harris in 1972 until they drafted Le'Veon Bell. 
uh, and actually including Le'Veon Bell, they drafted nine guys, nine running backs in the first three rounds of the draft. Those nine running backs, in the first, the first three rounds, those nine running backs combined have 5,000-yard seasons, and Bell has three wow. of them. The other two belong to Richard Mendenhall, and everybody hated him, too. He was a boss, remember? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just you don't just go into the draft and say, oh, we'll just go replace Le'Veon Bell. No, you don't just replace Le'Veon Bell. He's a good football player. He's, he's one of the best football players in the, in the country. And, and the other thing that drives me nuts about this is everybody says, well, I wouldn't pay him $10 million. Well, the Steelers obviously disagree with you yep. because they're paying him $14.5 million this year. And whatever the figures were going to be, the reported figures, uh, they were going to offer him something around $14 million a season. Uh, so they obviously understand his value. Uh, so for everyone who says, well, the Steelers don't need him, they 100% disagree. Uh, Dale Lawley, DKPittsburghSports.com, joins us here on the Crowley Show. He, of course, part of Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network. All right, back to Mike Tomlin building this okay. roster. Um, they've got a lot of talent. They they absolutely do, and he obviously has a lot to do with that. When you find a guy like Antonio Brown and he becomes the best player, uh, maybe in the league, but certainly at the position, I think he deserves some credit for that. When Le'Veon Bell is a second-round pick and he becomes the best player in the league at that position, I think he deserves some credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, Mike Tomlin's got a bunch of talent. Um, and then not give Mike Tomlin credit for getting, for acquiring that talent. Uh, you know, it doesn't work both ways. So, you know, people, you know, you can look at this and say, well, the, you know, the Steelers, they've, uh, you know, I've seen this one throughout. They've only won three playoff games since 2010. They've also won uh, a whole bunch of football games. And, oh, by the way, um, you know, if not for injuries a couple of those years, probably win more absolutely and and have been to an afc championship um you know try to want to you know that people should go be a Bengals fan you want to talk about you know playoff futility how about the bills you know pick a team there's a whole bunch of teams out there that would love love to have three playoff wins since 2010 there seems to be this narrative the steelers don't get to the afc championship game the way that they should and I don't buy into that for exactly the same reason that you said, Dale. In 2014, Bell gets hurt the last week of the season. Uh, you're kind of SOL at that point. Uh, when the Steelers went to Denver, they gave that team the no-fly zone, this great defense, everything that they could absolutely handle without Antonio Brown, without Le'Veon Bell, without D'Angelo Williams. Uh, so Mike Tomlin, I think, deserves a little bit of credit for for that, uh, almost beating the Super Bowl champions with a far inferior roster than the one that uh, you think you're going to be going into playoff games with. Uh, all this underachieving talk, uh, it really bothers me, except for last year. Last year, I'll give it to him. Last year, you, I don't think you should be losing a playoff game uh, at home unless you lose to the New England Patriots. If you lose to the Patriots, I'll give you a pass. That doesn't mean Jacksonville's a bad football team. They beat the Steelers twice. But I think if the Steelers had lost to the Patriots last year, it's at least a little bit more palatable that you say, okay, you lost to the team that eventually goes to the Super Bowl. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. And, and, you know, look, only one team gets to win every year. And, you know, the Patriots are are, are good. Tom Brady is, is perhaps the greatest uh, quarterback of all time. You, ha- you have to give him credit for well, that. Well, behind Will Greer, but we'll agree to disagree there. Well, that's your West Virginia glasses on again. I do. But, you know, it's not easy to get there. It's not easy to get that far to get to the Final Four. If it was easy, teams would do it every year. Now, New England does do it every, you know, nearly every year, but they don't win every year. 
I was there last year. I watched them lose a Super Bowl. Um, you know, that happens. And it happened to them last year. Are people ready to say, well, Belichick's a bad coach. He lost the Super Bowl. Or Belichick, you know, he lost, how many times has he lost in the AFC Championship game? Does that make him a bad coach? No, not necessarily. You know, it, it, it happens. And at what point do you look at the players and say, hey, you, you know, you're going to be a little bit better. Um, it, it, you know, it, the players are the ones on the field. If if they you know they go out and, and have a, a a bad series or a bad couple of series as we saw last year with the Steelers, um, you know that can that can blow the game for you. You know you, when you fall behind twenty, you know give up twenty eight points because you turn the ball over twice to Jacksonville, um, you're in trouble. I don't care what what team you are. Dale, to James Harrison's point about the miscommunication on the defensive side, I think we can all agree that. That happens. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen in other places, but it certainly was a problem last year with the Steelers. Do you think with Tom Bradley, uh, the hope is that that changes? Is that why Cornell Lake's been let go? Well, no, I, th- I think they went out and acquired a bunch of different players, too. I mean, it wasn't just, uh, you know, you're not going to lay that on, on, on Cornell Lake's feet. Um, you know, they, they, they get, went out and got guys who were better communicators. Um, you know, they can certainly be better in that area, and we'll see. Uh, that, that'll be a point of emphasis as we're tackling this year at training camp. And, you know, we'll, we'll see the overall picture as it, as it begins to form here. Um, but they do need to be better in the communication. It, and it wasn't, you know, a situation where that was, again, it was, where it was just all of a sudden, hey, they, they were bad in communication this year. No, they, they've had issues. And, and, again, this is something that crops up every time they play New England a lot, you know, a lot of times. Um, NFL offenses are built to take advantage of those kinds of things. That's why they, you know, they, they run guys in and off the field quickly. They go to hurry up offenses. The Steelers take advantage of that uh, all the time. That's why they run their no-huddle offense so teams can't communicate, so the defenses can't communicate. Uh, you know, people tend to focus on their team only, and they don't look at the big picture. The big picture is that every defense has trouble communicating. You think that the, that the, the Patriots didn't have issues communicating last year when they gave up the, uh, the long catch and run to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Everybody, you know, well, the, you know, the, the Patriots tore them up. Well, the Steelers tore that off, that defense up pretty badly, too. Yeah, no, you are right about that. I remember that week last year, I was all up on that, man, because so many Steelers fans were saying all that miscommunication at the end with Ben Roethlisberger uh, turning the football over and the Steelers not knowing what they're going to do, you would never see that in New England. And I said, the Junior Smith-Schuster <laughs> caught a 69-yard pass just beforehand. I mean, come on, it just happened. Uh, Dale Lawley joining us here uh, from DKPittsburghSports.com, Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network. Uh, Dale, as much as I am focused on this season, it's also been a long time since I've looked towards the future future for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but this training camp, I'm going to focus on that a lot. I can't wait to see Mason Rudolph. I can't wait to see him in the preseason games. I want to see James Conner. I want to see Jalen Samuels. That's what I'm most excited about, really, at training camp. Uh, Is that what you're most excited about? Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are excited about. I I wrote about that today, just what to look for from the rookies. And, uh, you know, everybody's very fired up to see what, uh, what Mason Rudolph can bring to the table. There's... There's no doubt about it. They, they want to see this kid on the field. They want to see, you know, if he's the real deal, if he's the, you know, the heir apparent. And, um, you know, we'll see. I, I'm not ready to say he's absolutely the guy. I think, you know, you want to see him um, do some things on the football field, but he sure looks good. There's no doubt about that. 
Dale, what are the biggest roadblocks this year? Don't say the Patriots uh, for the Steelers going to the Super Bowl. Uh, in terms of, you're not in, talking to Tim Benz here, bud. No, right. <laughs> in terms, in terms of the internal, uh, Tim Benz would say Mason Rudolph should start a quarterback, and they're going to beat everyone. Uh, just, just throw the ball to James Washington every time. But uh, internally, uh, if the if something's going to bite the Steelers, is it just that the defense is still now? Uh, there's still so much transition there. There's some of that, and, and of course, injuries are always a big uh, part of it. Um, you know, I, I think there people tend to overlook the fact they're still a really good football team. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy the defense. Um, you know, how much how they use all the safeties and and, and how they try to uh, replace Ryan Chazier. And, and a big key to this season is going to be if what they do is successful in replacing Ryan Chazier. But they need guys to stay, you know they have some young guys in this defense. Um, that are being paid to play at a high level, and they need to play at a high level. Uh, the Stephon Tuits, the Bud Duprees, those guys that, that that you know, the time has come that these guys need to uh, to put up. And I and I think, especially in the case of, of Tuit, I think he's very capable of doing it. We've seen stretches where he's been a dominant player. Um, they need him to be that guy uh, all season long. He's being paid more money than Cam Hayward. He needs to play like Cam Hayward for an entire season. If they get that and they still have Cam Hayward, if they have two of those guys playing on the defensive line, you and I could play in the secondary, <laughs> and, and it would be better this year. Dale, last thing for you, and I hate list radio, but I just have to bring this up. Gil Brandt ranked the 32 best safeties of all time, and Troy Polamalu was 13th. Are there 12 better I'm, safeties? I'm sure, well, I'm sure Gil Brandt had him behind 12 Cowboy safeties. Well, there. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every safety ahead of Troy Polamalu was uh, the, he was photographed in black and white. So uh, actually, let me put it to you this way. Let me ask you this question: uh, Ed Reed, Brian Dawkins, Troy Polamalu, are any of them head and shoulders above the other? No, no. I I, I would say that that Reed and Polamalu were better than Dawkins. Couldn't agree more with that. But not by a, not by leaps and bounds. Dawkins was a really good football player. Um, you know, you can. Put together the, lists and say and say anything. And the two uh, of them, you know, Dale. I mean, they're they're completely different. Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu. It's really hard to compare those two. They played the, the the position totally differently. Well, one was a free safety and one was a strong. Right. Let's not forget. I mean, so they had different jobs too, uh, but they were both equal equally as, as impactful to those two defenses. There's there's no ifs ands or buts about it. And you know, they were the two best safeties of their generation. Um, you can argue other guys are better, other guys are worse. Who cares? They were both great players. They're both going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know what, Dale? You nailed it right there. Who cares? I cared too much the other day. when I, I was ending the show, and that <laughs> shiz popped up on my Twitter feed, and I lost my mind. 12 better safeties than Troy Palomalu. Uh, go eat a fork. Uh, appreciate your time, buddy. And uh, All right, bud. And the, the closer we get to training camp, the more I do get excited. I'm looking forward to hanging with you, pal. I'll bet you are. You, you, are you actually going to show up this year? <laughs> Maybe a little bit more than last year. Okay. Well, that wouldn't take much. No, it wouldn't. See you, pal. <laughs> Bye. Uh, it's Dale com, Steelers Radio Network, and Steelers Nation Radio. Coming up next, the <laughs> it's the hottest take of the day. It is other crap, and it's the three stars of the show. What the shoot? What? I also have to tell people about this Pirates lineup. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, no.
It's the Crowley Show. He's Pittsburgh born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. Yeah. On 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. It just hit me while we were doing all that. How loud that's got to be in the studio next door. You know what, man? Like, it, it's if you listen to the show often, you know that we have a tendency to, well, piss off the rest of the floor. We've got some nice people at 3WS. Sure. Um, we've got some production people, some people that work for the X up here. They do some stuff. And we tend to make a lot of noise. So during the break, we're hitting the ball around, knocking it around. It's our keep the beach ball up in the air. Crowley wrecked through the chair, made a huge commotion. Jerome's flailing. Like, I, I don't even have a description of how bad Jerome flails, but the ball's bouncing everywhere. So today, I probably can see why this floor hates us. We're not being very good uh, co-workers right now. But I just, we had fun. I just hit a ball as hard as I possibly could. At the wall of the studio of 3WS. Yeah, that was definitely loud. Mm-hmm. I feel bad about that one. You should uh, probably apologize. Should I? I probably should. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going. To. I'm saying that on the air because it sounds good, just yeah. to make people think we're good guys. But yeah, so you should apologize. You think so? Well, this is where you say, "Yeah, I will." As oh. soon as the show's over, should I apologize? I think you should. What about right when the show's over? You gonna do that? Go over and apologize. Yes, Crowley. Apologize. <sighs> yeah, I'll do it. See, it's fake. You don't have to like. You're not gonna do it. I'll do it. Okay. We just got a tweet from the President of the United States of America. Oh, into the, At the show? Big listener. Big listener of the Crowley Show. No. He we're, tweeted out. We're part of the shows that he talks about. Fake news. The National Anthem debate is alive and well again. Can't believe it. Is it in the contract that the players must stand at attention, hand on heart? The $40 million commissioner must now make a stand. First time kneeling, out for a game. Second time kneeling, out for a season, no pay. What? Come on, Pete. This world is just getting insane. Stop it. Stop all of it. Let them do what the hell they want. It's not hurting you guys. It's not hurting your pocketbook. It's not hurting any of it. You're just on that side of the aisle, and you can't shut up about it because it's freedom. It's not about the flag. Sorry. I think he's got a point. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'll tell you what. What? Yeah. First time you kneel, you can't play in that game. That makes sense to me. And then the next time you kneel, you're out for a season. It makes no sense. With no, no pay. No, With no pay. It makes a lot of sense. And I think Jameis Winston should, I think he should be commissioner. Good guy. Nobody talks about that. Jameis Winston, three games. Three games for molestation, but no. Go out for a season for kneeling down during the National Anthem. Trump doesn't care either, though. He's just trying to rally his base. His base stuff, that's exactly. And this is... I'm so I'm so fatigued. Uh, it might be from playing ball. Uh, it might be because I'm old and it's Friday night. But I, I think I'm just fatigued from this whole National Anthem talk because... Everyone misses the point. It's not about the flag. It's about what these guys are kneeling down for. It's social injustice. It's mass incarceration. It's things like that. Social inequality. And I said this. How long ago was it? A month and a half? 
a little bit more than that ago, that this wasn't going to solve anything. The compromise wasn't a true compromise. Uh, the compromise was going to piss off the Republican base because they want to see everyone standing out at attention. The players were going to get pissed off because the players didn't want to be victimized or, I guess that's not even the right word, scolded or, or villainized, I suppose, for going into the locker rooms while the National Anthem's playing. And Donald Trump's just going to keep at it. Uh, if they had said nothing, at the end of the year last year, there weren't more than a handful of players who were doing it, at the most. At the most. It was gone. It was, it a was ba- it gone. Was right on its way out the door. It was just going to get, people were going to get tired of it. Uh, players were going to get tired of doing it. It just wasn't going to happen anymore. And now the question is gonna, was going to be, well, who's going to go into the locker room and who's going to stand out on the field for the opener? And now that they froze the national anthem policy, it just brings back Donald Trump into the fold. And all of this is either being done to appease him or it's done in a mass ploy trying to negotiate for the National Football League to get 18 games a season. But the reality is, it's just something we're all going to have to deal with now whenever we're all just sick of it. I just want to talk about football. And, man, if it inconveniences you or it hurts you or offends you that players are kneeling down during the National Anthem and that's your biggest problem, consider that they're people that they're doing that for their biggest problem is social inequality and mass incarceration and police brutality and things like that. You live a pretty plush life if you can get offended by all that. Yeah. And the same people who get offended by that because it's not being a true patriot are the same people who stand behind Donald Putin Trump. Uh, these are the people who are all about Donald Trump and I don't, you know, I don't have the, I, know, don't, I, I don't have the energy. I don't this, have it. I don't I, have it. I'm exasperated, Brian. I don't have it anymore. Let me just get this out. At this point, just get rid of the damn song. Just drop it out of the whole mix because you're not get, the NFL is just going to screw this up repeatedly. Just over and over, every time they try to sway everybody out there and make everybody happy, it's just going to get worse. It's going to get uglier. There's no compromise other than just get the damn song out of the game and let's get straight from the players coming out on the field to playing some damn football. That's what we're here for. Play the damn production. Play it! It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) Milk is good. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! (laughs) Other crap. Andrew Luck is good to go for training camp with no limitations. That's funny. I always thought the horseshoe was on the side of their helmet, not up their ass. Woo! Other crap. That's lucky for them. Woo! Other crap. Former Ravens quarterback doesn't believe there's a link between football and CTE. I beg to Dilfer. Woo! Other crap. Been 600 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. No, <laughs> has it? That's my. That's what my notebook says. <laughs> that's what my calendar has. Oh yeah, wait, Sean Rodriguez in the Pirates lineup tonight. That sucks. All right, it's time for the three stars of the show. <laughs> I don't have. I'm tired. I, this anthem thing sapped all my energy. I want to just freak out, and I just there's not enough time for me to get into it in depth, and I'm just tired. It's time for three stars of the show. No, it's time for the three stars. Say it! It's time for 
Do your part! Third star. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Tonight's third star of the show, Dan Kingerski. Uh, I have not been drinking a lot of milk. I had a glass today, and it was orgasmic. It was truly fantastic. Too much information, but thank you. I, I cleaned up. We're all good here. Dan, really appreciate your time, man. Love the stuff that you got going on at Pittsburgh Hockey now, and hopefully we get a chance to do this a bunch as Penguin season nears closer. All right, man. Keep those tissues handy if there's more milk. <laughs> second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Lamar Odom. You make them date him, you get him in the trades, and then all of a sudden there he is, his household name, because he's dating a Kardashian. Lamar Odom, not a household name. Lamar Odom, now a household name. Why? Banged a Kardashian. There's how you solve it. Probably a couple of them, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, think I mean, might. who knows? And uh, he plowed his way through that family. <laughs> Snow plowed his way through that family. <laughs> first star. And tonight's first star of the show, the pride of Ireland, Frank O'Harris. She thought Frank O'Harris's name was Frank O'Harris? Right. Oh, no. So she thought it was not Franco's Italian army. She thought it was Franco's Irish army. Could you imagine it with an Irish accent? <laughs> oh, Joe Pa was a great guy. Franco Harris here. Oh, running across the gridiron for many a touchdown in his day. <laughs> the, pri- the pride of Ireland. Franco Harris. Franco Harris. <laughs> From Donegal. Yeah, hey Frank, did the uh, did the ball hit the ground in the immaculate reception? Oh, laddie, not a blade of grass touched that ball. I scooped it like a baby and took it right to the end zone. <laughs> Frank O'Harris. Yeah, it's no surprise that Tom would put himself as the first star. Just that typical. wasn't me. That was that Frank was O'Harris. Frank O'Harris. Dude, that's eh, just typical. What do you mean, Tom? I, I didn't do that. that you yeah, haven't been a team player all week long. That man. was Frank O'Harris. That was not Tom. That was Frank O'Harris. Frank O'Harris. I know what I said. Okay. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Snickers, man, you're getting edgy towards the end of this show. Like giving us dirty looks. That's ah, a president's fault. Not my president. Pissed you off with that anthem, huh? It did. And then I'm too tired to put anything eloquent together to bounce back with, so I just decided to punt on it. Oh, hell. Frank O'Harris. Frank Patrick O'Harris. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Good football player, that guy. We got to get out of here. Yeah, just let the music go. We'll see you on Monday, 4 o'clock until 7. Training camp starts next week. Oh, my God, it's a crowd.